today, I'm going to tell you how you can still be relevant to your audience in a post-cookie world. In this episode, you'll learn what data you've lost as a result of the iOS 14 update, how to create a value exchange between your brand and your audience, and how you can use data to be genuinely useful to your audience. Let's imagine that you're a clothing brand and you want to retarget your customers who've bought a dress to upsell them with some accessories. If you want to do this on Facebook, Pinterest, or any of the social platforms for that matter, then you won't be able to find those customers if they've opted out of tracking. And the platforms won't be able to show you if those customers have landed on your website either. This is because since Apple introduced its opt-out of tracking feature for iOS devices, People in their hundreds of thousands have pressed the do not track button on their apps to stop the big social platforms using their data. And according to several reports, around 95% of users have opted out of tracking in the US. And we can assume this trend is the same in the UK. Now, if all of your customers are Android users, then you've got nothing to worry about. And you can probably turn off the episode here because you can still track everyone. But if the majority of your customers are Apple users, you'll probably have already felt the effects of this new update. So if you're a brand that's looking to speak to specific customers and there's less data available, you now need to make sure that you're doing it in a way that's beneficial to your audience, as opposed to trying to find ways to exploit people's data. And that's what I'll be talking to you about today as I answer the question, how should we use data without cookies? First, what's changed for your paid social campaigns that rely on user data? Well, you'll probably find that your custom audiences will have decreased in size you'll have also lost visibility on audience actions taken within your ads managers. And you won't get real-time reporting anymore of your ads for actions that happened on your website. But you can still get modeled data from your ads managers. You'll just need to select one-day click attribution to see it. Whereas before, you could see results for seven-day click or seven-day view, for example. And your results might show that social isn't performing very well because of the number of people that have opted out. This doesn't sound great when you've been reliant on the advanced data opportunities available within social platforms, but it's really a chance to make a positive impact on your social campaigns. The solution? I want brands to understand that data can be used for enjoyment rather than just exploitation. And I've got three principles here that I would encourage you to implement. One, create a value exchange between your brand and your audience. So if we take Spotify as an example, its approach to curating playlists, creating billboards and personalizing emails, they're all based on value exchange. As a Spotify user, you're happy to give over your listening data and your email address in exchange for personalized music suggestions, as well as nearby gigs of your favorite artists and those highly anticipated end of year highlights. So if you can come up with an exchange that benefits both parties and there's a mutual agreement on it, you can do things for the greater good. Next. Be genuinely useful. Deliveroo uses your location data to display relevant nearby restaurants, and it wouldn't be very helpful if you entered your postcode and were shown restaurants that were 50 miles away. And the same principle goes on social. Think about how you can be relevant to the many, not the few. So if we take a food delivery brand, you could think about what key feelings are associated with ordering food that are relevant at scale. For example, you could run several ads tapping into that Friday night feeling, couple's night in, or a takeaway whilst watching the football. These are all occasions when people want great food at home. So by running ads that tap into these moments, whilst also highlighting your benefits like quick delivery, restaurant variety, or latest offers, you're being genuinely useful to your audience. And finally, think about being contextually relevant. For example, food publisher Bon Appetit grew its YouTube channel from 34,000 to 6 million subscribers and recorded a 158% increase in magazine subscriptions. 
and they did this by diversifying its media channels to speak to more people in different places. And they also brought in prominent foodie influencers to star in videos and to cross-promote them. Now, contextual relevance isn't new. Marketers have been doing it for years. For example, think about how you see ads for protein shakes on the gym TV screens or snack ads on the tube so you can pick them up on the way to the office or even club promoters outside university halls. If you want to reach a new audience without having the data to create things like lookalikes or third-party data, you could work with publishers, influencers or creators across different platforms where they're performing well in speaking to a certain audience. It's time for us to reinvigorate the joy in advertising. There's a wealth of opportunity for brands here. And as David Ogilvie famously said, give me the freedom of a limited brief. And as always, I'll leave you with three things to take away in case you forget everything else. One, assess what has been affected in your data collection, targeting and measurement. It's important to understand the reality of the impact on your brand. Two, what could you give consumers that they'd be willing to share their data for? And finally, What spaces do your audience occupy online that your brand could be present in, in order to be relevant? You're listening to the Social Minds Podcast. This has been Answered with Pollyanna Ward, where we clear up the questions that marketers hear most.